could try praying. Let's see, um, okay, how did Mary do this? Never mind. <laughs> it's fine. God? Hello? Um, I don't really know how this works, or if you listen to prayers from donkeys, but I've seen Mary do this many times, and I, I don't know what else to do. My friends need help. I thought if I followed the star, it would lead me to where I'm supposed to be, but I failed them. What do you want me to do? <sighs> be gone! Away with you! God? Huh? Now it's talking back! There's nothing to fear, Zach. It's all a figment of your imagination. This really realistic vision of a doggy who's talking to God and won't stop eyeballing you! Zach! Huh? Pull yourself together. Ow. What's your name, sweetie? Bo? Bo is a funny word. Bo, Bo, Bo. Bo, 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 Bo. What? Bo, he has a name? Bo, and she's singing him a song. I'm doomed. Bo. Kind of like that. They're not usually like this. You caught us at a bad time. Yeah, we haven't slept in nine months. It's nine months? <laughs> not a wink. Oh, so that explains your eyes. What? What's wrong with my eyes? Nothing. Yep, no sleep at all since that giant nightlight turned on. Light? All you can do is lie awake and listen to the crickets. Ta-da! Oh, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> so excited. Zach and Edith don't like the spotlight, but I think it's beautiful. It's here. I can't believe this. Me neither. You don't understand. That light, that's the star. This is where it's been leading me. But, Mary. Joseph! Guys, I gotta get out of here! Can you help me? I got you! I'm gonna chew him free! Woody! No! Try biting the- I know! I'll sing you free! That was beautiful, but not helpful. I think I got a thimper in my tongue. Step aside! Yes, yes, that's perfect. Now I just gotta get past that gate. Help! 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 Anybody! Oh, look! A flock of sheep! That kind of looks like my flock. That's my flock. Uh, help! Is there anybody else? No. Okay. Bo needs my help. Okay, you can do this. Here we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, everybody! What's up? <laughs> it's me, Ruth! <sighs> okay. I know you guys think I was crazy to leave and follow the star, but you wouldn't believe all the adventures I've had out there. And the biggest one of all is happening tonight. I've made new friends, and they need our help. So this time, you gotta follow me. Guys? This is important! Fear not. I bring good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day a Savior, Christ the Lord. Told you it was important. Good morning, everyone. 
Thank you for joining us on this Cantata weekend. I'm going to say good morning again, and you're all going to say good morning. I'm just checking to make sure you're awake. Good morning. Yeah, uh, sometimes we just need a little extra coffee because the cantata is beautiful. So you might be sitting there just like in a whole cantata daze. So I was just making sure that you're awake, awake. Uh, you also maybe are feeling warm and fuzzy inside. That's how I feel after listening to the cantata. I feel so slightly warm and fuzzy. It's a good time of year to celebrate the warm and fuzzies as we uh, lead up to Christmas. Did you know Christmas is a week away? Did you know that that means the new year is also just a few weeks away? That means that we've almost finished our entire Bibles this year. Yay! I know. It's like, what are we going to do next year? I don't know. Read it again? Yeah, we're going to read it again. That puts us at the end of Revelation for this weekend's sermon leading up to Christmas next week. Uh, We have been talking about how Revelation reveals this light. We know that the light is Jesus. And honestly, I'm always amazed, and I shouldn't be, at how cohesive Scripture is and how the end of the book of Revelation actually points us right back to the birth of Jesus and what God's been doing throughout history, even back to the book of Genesis. Uh, It's really beautiful how it all just weaves together the way that it is supposed to. And I wanted to show you the clip from The Star, that movie. Has anybody seen that movie? It kind of flew under the radar. It's so good. If you haven't seen The Star, go home and watch The Star. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. It follows Bo, he's this adorable donkey, uh, and Ruth, the sheep that he meets. Uh, all the animals in this movie have biblical names, and I just love it. Uh, Bo kind of protects Mary and Joseph as they head to uh, Bethlehem. And believe it or not, there's a bad guy in the movie. There's a bad guy in the actual Christmas story, too. And so Bo's been protecting them as they go, trying to warn them about this bad guy. And he gets tied up, literally, as they, as they arrive in Bethlehem. But he's surrounded by these other farm animals who help him out of that situation. He's got a crowd of people. And Ruth is also looking for help. You see her find her flock. This is a flock that she has left and she comes back to. And she tells them, like, hey, I know you think I was crazy for leaving, but, like, there's a bit, this is a big deal. And then, bam, it puts us right into the Christmas story. The angels appear to the shepherds. Do you remember this from Luke chapter 2? Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I like how this movie portrays uh, this host of angel armies that show up to deliver this message. And throughout the week, the song, Do You Hear What I Hear, has been just like playing in my head. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? And I wonder what it must have sounded like to hear a vast host of angel armies deliver this news to shepherds and sheep. And then I got thinking about the actual Christmas story. There were certainly crowds of people at the birth of Jesus. I was able to be at the West Des Moines uh, Christmas brunch for women last weekend. And the speaker at that brunch, her name is Dr. Beth Allison Barr. She's a PhD historian from Baylor. And the way that many of us might fan girl or fanboy about Taylor Swift... I fangirl about Dr. Beth Allison Barr. And uh, what this historian had to say at the women's brunch, she talked a lot about Mary, but she said there was no way that at, at the birth of Jesus, it was only Mary and Joseph and some angels and some wise men. 
She was like, that's not how birth worked in this period of time. She's like, and they knew who this baby was. So there were certainly crowds and crowds and crowds of people at the birth of Jesus. And I again wonder, what must that have sounded like to be present for the birth of the Savior of the world? And we actually have a lot of experience in crowds, if you think about it. You're sitting in a crowd right now. Our choir's a crowd. Sometimes we are participatory in crowds. Uh, We sing along. Maybe you sing along to some of the choir songs. Sometimes we're simply bystanders. Uh, When I I got to sit through the whole cantata last night, and there were moments where I just soaked it in. I was very much a bystander, just enjoying the music. And there were songs that I just wanted to sing along and praise God with, too. Crowds are actually a main character in the gospel stories. So as we read about Jesus' ministry, his life and ministry, crowds show up all the time. There are crowds that follow Jesus and learn from him. There are also crowds that drive him out of town that don't want to learn from him. Imagine being a crowd when Jesus fed 5,000 people with hardly any food. It was way more than 5,000 people. That was the men. Imagine being a crowd sitting at the Sermon on the Mount and hearing Jesus teach this beautiful, beautiful message. Imagine being part of a crowd when Pilate comes out with Jesus and Barabbas and says, well, who should I set free? And it's the crowd that yells, crucify Jesus. It's a crowd of people that condemn him. And as Luke narrates that, he says the crowd roars. And I think about roaring this time of year. What is it like to hear a crowd roar? And as we wrap up Revelation, here's how beautiful scripture is. Did you know that from Revelation 7 to Revelation 19, crowds show up all the time? Do you know what they do? They roar. Can I hear you roar this morning? Roar. Okay, we're awake. That's good. My two-year-old Paxton loves to roar. It's like the cutest. I should have brought him on stage. It would have been real adorable. Anyway, crowds roar. And do you know in Revelation when they show up and they roar, they praise God with that roar. And church, here's what I want you to hear as we head into Christmas. You are part of a great crowd. You're not a bystander in that crowd. And you have a roar. You are made with a purpose to roar, and it is to point other people to Jesus. Here are a couple verses out of Revelation where crowds show up and roar. This is Revelation chapter 7. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. And they were shouting with a great roar. We should all roar every time you see the word roar, okay? So they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. They praise God. This is Revelation 19. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting. That's kind of a roar. Roar. Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. This is just a couple places. If you want to come to the reservoir service afterward, we'll talk about all the other places in Revelation where crowds and roars show up. Just a couple places in Revelation where crowds roar, and they praise God with that voice. And as the angel delivers this message to John, who sees and hears these things, John falls down to worship the angel. 
You heard this in our Bible reading. And the angel says to him, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Christmas time comes and goes every single year. And we're often bystanders to this season. We're participating in the things like holiday parties or Christmas traditions or baking cookies or, you know, spending time with our family. And those are really beautiful things. But the point is actually about Jesus. The point of all of this is to remember that the incarnation is for you. And as part of this crowd, this group of people who say we are Christ followers who believe it, we're not supposed to be bystanders in this crowd. We're not supposed to get so busy in this season that it just passes us by. Witness is kind of a fancy church word. It simply means point people to. The point of all of this is to point people to Jesus. As part of the crowd, your roar, you all have a voice. You all have different strengths. It's to point people to Jesus. And in a season where we're so busy, sometimes we miss it. We miss what it actually sounds like around us. We miss the Christmas magic. That Christmas magic is centuries of prophecy coming true. How powerful is that? The point of the season is all about Jesus. Don't miss that in the next couple weeks. You are all invited to participate in this fun. I promise it's way more fun to be a participant in this crowd than it is to be a bystander. And don't we want everybody else to have fun participating in this crowd? Christmas Eve is next weekend, believe it or not. And so here is an invitation to all of you. Come to Christmas Eve services. Uh, Pastor Danny in his weekly e-news to the Hope Ames campus pulled a statistic that I'd never heard and I thought was baffling. He said the second most, I think Gallup is who he, who he cited. So this is like an educational thing. Uh, the second most Googled word on Christmas Eve is church. Don't let your friends and family members and neighbors Google church on Christmas Eve, okay? If they know you, they shouldn't have to Google church. So on your way out today, we have postcards. Grab a few if you would like. Here's how it sounds like to invite someone to church. Like you go to your neighbor's house, maybe you see them outside of the mailbox. You're like, hey, I don't know if you have a church home or not. If you do, that's great. If not, you are welcome to join us. You hand them the card. They can't really say no. You're like, my family's going to Saturday at 5 because... Sunday at 3 and 5 are going to be really busy, just so you know. So I'm, I'm coming Saturday at 5, and if you want to ride, let me know. And then you just, then you just walk away. <laughs> and then maybe they'll call you and be like, yeah, I'll go to church with you. And then you might need a new car because I volunteered you to drive all these people to church. It's super easy. This is being a witness. This is pointing people to Jesus. You're also invited to Alpha. That starts in January. January is only like a few weeks away. Alpha is a place where we explore faith together. This is for everyone, okay? If you're thinking, well, I've been a believer my whole life. Me too, and I learn something in Alpha every time we do Alpha. This is a really good way to start the new year if you're looking for a way to just kick off your faith. It's a good way to dive in and remember that you're part of a great crowd, a crowd that roars, that has a purpose, and it's all to point people to Jesus. It's all for you to know Jesus better. And as we conclude... The choir is going to roar behind you, 
and sing us out. I hope you can spend time enjoying this, just being for a little bit, hearing and seeing the magic of Christmas come to life. Amen?